No, I mean, I think in an educational environment where your kids' educational needs are not being met and that is harming your child, you should speak up and advocate and be as assertive as you need. But the first question you should ask yourself always is, where am I in the constellation of overall need in this situation? And therefore, if there is a special ed allocation in which the needs of 12 children have to be met, and I am advocating loudly and annoyingly only for the needs of my own child? Am I taking resources from other kids who need their needs met? And this is the balance that I think is extremely important at all times. Welcome to Raising Adults, the groundbreaking parenting podcast that starts with the end in mind. We're your co-hosts, Dina Thayer and Kira Dorian. We created future-focused parenting to take families from surviving to thriving. So join us as we help you stop raising kids and start raising adults. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Raising Adults. We are so excited that you're here. Thank you for joining us. And if you are new to the show, welcome. We're so happy to have you with us in the laundry room, which is where I record. And Dina's over there in her coat closet where she (laughs) records, at least until this pandemic is over. Dina, how are you today? You know, it's it's getting almost laughable because we've sort of started storing other things in here besides just the Christmas decorations. And um and also now my daughter is back from college. So this is literally my last day with a desk at the moment. And I'm I'm already like, what am I gonna do? Am I gonna be crouched in the corner on the carpet with my microphone? I mean, I'm sure we'll replace a desk at some point, but I'm gonna enjoy it for now, but because it's getting pretty hilarious. I'm like, okay, well, now I'm losing my table. <laughs> Can you put it on the boxes that are being stored there? I might have to. You may find me recording on top of Rubbermaid totes. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, man. It's been a year. It's really been a year. I need you back in this laundry room, Dina. Yes, I can't wait. I never have been so excited to sit next to your washing machine. Although, you know, I'm going to make you lie on your stomach in the laundry room (laughs) for the first episode. Just for old time's sake. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, we have such wonderful guests today. I'm so excited for this double date. We are so lucky to have Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson from What Fresh Hell Laughing in the Face of Motherhood podcast. If you have not listened to their show, they're so funny and so awesome. And I am just delighted that we get to have a conversation with them. So um, I'm going to read their little bio and then they're going to say hi and introduce themselves. And we're going to talk today about when do you be that mom. And I'm excited about this because, Dina, you and I have kind of, we've chatted about advocacy before and what it means to advocate for our kids. Right. But we've never really talked about then the experience of like being that mom. Yes. (laughs) So I think it's really great that we're going to hear from them. And they are both known to kind of have different perspectives as well. So we may just have four completely different perspectives in the laundry room today. So it's exciting. Uh, So here we go. Here's their bio. Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson are comedians, mothers, and hosts of the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. What Fresh Hell regularly ranks at the top of the parenting and kids and family charts on Apple Podcasts and has over 3 million lifetime downloads. In each episode, Margaret and Amy discuss a parenting topic from their usually completely opposite perspectives. I'm so excited to have you guys here. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to Raising Adults. Thanks Thank for you. Us. Thanks for having us. 
So we always start by asking guests to introduce themselves. Tell us a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about your show and the work that you do and your families. And then we'd love to hear your why, because you know we're all about our why. What's your why for being that mom? Well, I'll start. My uh, my name is Margaret. I have three kids who are now they're 9, 11, and 12. So uh, they, they, they keep shifting on me, and I have to, I probably need a post it. <laughs> on them, but I believe last time I checked, that's correct. Um, Amy and I have been podcasting together for four years, and before that, I was a comedian, television writer, and uh, then momming started, and I figured I needed something a little closer to home, so started a podcast. And in terms of being that mom, I'm I'm a pretty good that mom. I'm pretty good at it. I think I like to step up and yell at people and tell them. <laughs> Um, but my why for being that mom is advocating for my kids' needs without demanding resources that are reserved for or needed more by someone else's kid. Mm, I love That's that. That's great. Wow. Well said. Well, thank yeah. you, Amy. Come at me. What you oh, got, Amy? Boy. I don't mind down. Yours better be as good or better. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm, pressure, Amy. I'm Amy Wilson, and Margaret likes to say that she and I were made in an opposite-making machine, and that's <laughs> almost always the case. Um, we are, you know, very good friends and love doing this podcast together, but often come at our topics from very different points of view, which is what made working on this show so fun and so interesting to me and has so contributed to my growth as a parent over the last several years. So my kids are 13, 16, and 18. I have an about-to-leave-the-nester. And mm. uh, I started out, I wrote a, a parenting book called When Did I Get Like This that came out when they were one, four, and six. So uh, I've grown a lot since then as a parent, and yet I am still a sort of second guesser, which I guess you can guess from the title of that book. <laughs> and so the reason <laughs> Margaret and I researched this topic and talked about it is because I th I do kind of think there's an inherent sexism in the sort of like, am I being that mom? Like th there's a reason that that mom is a term and that dad isn't. And knowing when to advocate for our kids without being too pushy or too much. And should that matter? Like, is, is that even, um, should that even be part of your matrix for making this decision? That that's, that's why I wanted to talk about it because I think that sort of hesitancy about this is what I think I want to do, but am I too much? Am I too little? I think that's something that women do. Absolutely. hundred percent. Been guilty of that myself. So why don't we start there, actually, Amy? That's such a good point that there is there is a divide here. I mean, why is it that mom and not that dad or that parent? Why, why is that happening? I think it's two things. First of all, I think it's because for most of us um, in you know a two-parent mom-dad home, the mom is still the default parent. Probably if you're listening to this podcast, you are the default parent in your home. And so you're keeping track of all these things. And so the, if there's a concern about the fifth grader being bullied or the toddler's head circumference or whatever the heck it is you're worrying about, <laughs> it probably is something that you have been given or have given yourself the assignment of worrying about. Uh, so I think that's part of it, that we're the default parents, so we know what there is to worry about. And then I do think it is kind of like that women who speak up are annoying and men who speak up, you know, if it's a dad advocating for his kid's food allergy, people would just like 
they would just drop to the floor in shock and awe that this dad is aware of his own kids' food allergies, right? <laughs> and that's that's sexism too, for sure. But like, yeah. wow, what an incredible tiger dad and a tiger mom is more complicated. Yeah. Um, I I can't remember what I was watching recently, but there was this scene where the dad got the phone call about the school and needing to come and pick up the kid. And he was so floored. And he was like, I'm going to need you to start by telling me the name of the school. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag not all dads, but you know. No, no, not at all. But it's so true. That default parent thing is so, so real. We actually just did a whole episode on that where like my husband, who's very involved and super duper knows all the things, but my kids, you know, if I'm like juggling dinner and doing a hundred million things and my husband sat on the couch, they will still come and ask me to sign the permission slip. Absolutely. You know, even though he's right, like they have to walk by him. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he's clearly available. <laughs> yeah. Available and perfectly capable. But yeah, there we go. Um, okay. So let's talk about like, what does it even mean to be that mom? And it seems like we certainly feel like there's this really fine line, right, between being like a helicopter mom or a tiger mom and being just a total pushover who doesn't advocate for their kids at all. And so I'm curious, like, what does it mean to you and where do you feel like that line exists? I mean, there's so many examples. Um, On our episode that we talked about this on, we talked a lot about, I have a kid with an IEP and I'll tell you, kids, moms who have kids who have special needs or special educational needs, they learn pretty early to be that mom because it's a giant bureaucracy that does not always prioritize your kids' needs. And so you learn early on that the way you get your kids' needs met is by being extremely loud and annoying. So I, I'm i all for that mom. I think there's a, a that mom, both of our kids have dealt with um, medical issues that in it's another situation where, listen, you're that doctor and nurse and medical professional's you know, 30th person of the day, but your kid is your number one person. So you often have to be, again, loud and advocate to get your kids' needs met in medical situations. I'm also that mom who will walk up to a bunch of teenagers cursing on the playground around little kids and be like, watch your mouths. There's little kids around, you know? (laughs) I have no problem being that mom, the embarrassing mom, you know, who's kind of keeping people in line. And... There's also that mom who like blasts their music at pickup to embarrass their kids because they think it's funny. I'll be that mom sometimes. <laughs> there's a mil- there's a spectrum of that moms, but I think that's also right that there's sometimes that mom at um, back to school night who wants to ask questions until ten o'clock at night. Don't be that mom. That's not the right <laughs> mom to be. <laughs> when it's very easy to advocate, like I'm thinking of an example, my kid was in the hospital and she, long story, but it was, she was in severe, severe pain and she was asleep. And the nurse wanted to wake her to put a, uh, like a Novocaine patch on her leg, which was going to give her, you know, minor relief from pain. You know, it was giving her relief from pain, being asleep. Asleep. And it was about 10 after seven in the morning. And I just was like, you shall not pass. Like she, oh, This is all we have is her asleep. And, you know, I kind of got into it with this nurse, but I had zero regrets. And I am a sort of, like I was saying before, like I second guess myself all the time. In that situation, it was extremely easy. In the situation where it's like, uh, my kid doesn't like anything that's being served for lunch at school. And I could try to go and ask if they could be a little more inclusive of some picky eater stuff. But should I or should I, are they going to hate me? I do kind of, I think there are situations where it's very easy to advocate. And, we, and then 
more gray areas where it gets more complicated. Yeah. Like where it's really clear cut and other times where you might have to think about, is this actually worth me, you know, storming the castle, so to speak. But I have a a follow-up question about this because we talk a lot on the show and, and it's totally fine. You may think different. I'm genuinely curious. We talk a lot about assertiveness and how that's different than, you know, just coming out guns blazing and being aggressive and how it's this really like, hey, standing up for what you need or being willing to ask for what you need, or in this case, what's going to be best for your kids while also still not like steamrolling the other person. So I'm curious, does that even matter in this instance? Or if you're that mom in some of these scenarios, are you like, go ahead, steamroll? I'm just curious, do you think there's a place for, do we still do it kindly? Or is it like, there's a time where it just doesn't matter? Because, Margaret, some of your examples were pretty spicy. So I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like to keep it Getting spicy. Nowhere. Yeah. But, um, no, I mean, I think in an educational environment where your kids' educational needs are not being met and that is harming your child, you should speak up and advocate and be as assertive as you need. But the first question you should ask yourself always is, where am I in the constellation of overall need in this situation? And therefore, if there is a special ed allocation in which the needs of 12 children have to be met, and I am advocating loudly and annoyingly only for the needs of my own child, am I taking resources from other kids who need their needs met? And this is the balance that I think is extremely important at all times as moms, that yes, we can tiger mom for our own kids. A a much more simple example is I have a baby who needs to nap at this particular time. Mm. I'm willing to be a pretty strong advocate for that on a family vacation with my family where plans are being made. I'm willing to say like, hey, actually, we're going to sit that one out or we're not going to be able to participate because my kid naps at this time and I'm not willing to spend seven days with an unnapped kid so that Mm. we can all as a family go on the alligator boat. Like that's not going to work for me. Yeah. But I'm not going to do that at my cousin's wedding. That's their wedding day. My kid's nap schedule is not the most important thing happening on that day. And so I can have a tired kid for one day if the pictures happen to fall at my kid's nap time. I'm not going to make them redo the whole wedding party's photo schedule for my kid's naps. And so I think it is extremely important to be very aware of like a balance. And am I always the person advocating for my needs and my kids' needs in a way that is taking needed resources from other people or really inconveniencing other people who my kids' nap schedule should not be top of mind for. Hey, FFPs. I just want to tell you about a really incredible new app that I had the opportunity to try recently. It kind of fell in our laps and it was really kismet because this is an app called Mama Zen. And it's really an app for helping moms find mindfulness in their parenting, reduce their anger and stress. And if they're having trouble sleeping, help them sleep better. And it is so closely linked to the work that I used to do in my private practice, helping people find that Zen state and get back into their bodies and just feel better. And so I was really lucky to get an opportunity to try it. And I've actually been having trouble sleeping lately, which is totally unlike me, but it's been that way for about a year now. And so what's cool about the app is you actually get to plug in like what you're struggling with. And then they tailor the recordings to that. So because I was struggling with sleep, a lot of what was coming up for me were things to help me sleep. And I have been using it and really enjoying it and definitely seeing the benefits. I feel much more calm, much more present and connected to my kids. 
and I'm sleeping better. So I highly recommend that you check it out. Well, and I know for so many moms, finding Zen can be super challenging. So if you're one of those and you experience things like impatience, anger, anxiety, irritability, or you feel like you're starting to have hardly a day go by where you're not yelling at your kids, then this app is definitely for you. The Mama Zen app specializes in helping moms change their motherhood habits so they can become patient and more mindful, calmer and happier, and raise those happy and mindful adults. The other great thing about the app is it gives you the flexibility you need so you can work at your own pace, from the comfort of your own home. It's super simple. Once you download the app and sign up, you receive your own customized program that fits your journey with specific solutions for your family. And Mama Zen has a promo code for our listeners. Just use the promo code FUTURE, all caps, and that will give you full, unlimited, free access to Mama Zen for 30 days. That's Mama Zen, M-A-M-A, Z-E-N. We definitely encourage you to go to your app store and download it today. Yeah, you know what I love about that, Margaret, is you've actually given a pretty great framework because a lot of it in the examples you gave, which were great examples, by the way, it's really about context, too. Looking at the whole situation in the education situation, looking at the other people who might need these resources, looking at a wedding versus a whole week-long vacation where I can maybe have some say in how this goes versus this once-in-a-lifetime special day. We've got to look at time, place, other people involved, and that can help us know when when it's okay to release the tiger or whether we should not that's helpful thanks and 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 stay open to feedback from other people sometimes my husband's like dial it down i i I tend to come (laughs) in a little hot on things and sometimes my husband's like you need to slow your roll here like relax well yeah going into an iep meeting i think like you you have you do have to steal yourself right you have to be prepared you have to be prepared for it to be confrontational but in order for it to be successful it's it's good if you can dial it back enough to to at least seem like you're open to a team approach right to to walk in the room that way is going to get you further probably yeah you got to start with that you got to start so you, have, so you have room to grow <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah when, another thing we talked about that that I think is particularly useful in these situations if you can come with both the problem and the solution if you're talking to say like an educator, right? Like this is this is what I'm seeing, uh, and and so I thought maybe this, like going back to my example of about the the cafeteria, I had a picky eater who was just not eating at school. You can imagine how that was going at 3 p.m. pickup because he wouldn't eat lunch because what was for lunch was sort of weirdly you know specific and and unchanging from day to day. Uh, he liked peanut butter, couldn't have peanut butter in the school, obviously. But when I went, I had my list of like here are a couple of um, soy and nut and, you know, non-nut butters that some other schools use that are actually kind of useful. And and then it became, and could we please, and maybe this could be considered. And then a week later, they had that in the cafeteria for him. Instead of just like, my child will not, right? If you can come with the solution and be collaborative and, you know, please and thank you, it, it, it does help. And if you have to calm down the tiger a little bit before you walk through the door, that, that yeah. will be useful if you can get there. I love that because that is collaborative. And I think that's a really important word that you've used. And Margaret, you actually, in your example with the alligator ride, what I loved about that is you didn't ask them to change the time of the alligator ride, right? You weren't asking everyone to morph around your nap schedule, but you were saying, actually, in this situation, my nap schedule matters. (laughs) And so 
I'm going to make the choice to do this. Here's the solution that I can provide so that you guys get what you want and we get what we want. And that is collaborative. So I love that. I think that's an amazing word to kind of have in our brains as we're navigating this. And I think one thing that you guys talk about a lot is intentionality around stuff. And I think that it's worth thinking about this stuff when it's not happening and figuring out what your values are around it, because it is conflict heavy when we're moms all trying to advocate for our kids at the same time. So an example is, is this school activity that's always been done a specific way is it inclusive of kids with special needs? Like, is a trampoline park with loud music a great thing for kids on the spectrum to participate in as the class activity, you know? And so just trying to think about where our blind spots are. Is a fancy outing at a very fancy place that has very specific kind of social norms around fanciness, a good place for moms to be gathering? Or does that make certain members of our community and our mom community feel excluded because that is not a space they feel comfortable? And like, I think it's very important when you think about being that mom, like, are you being that mom? Are you keeping in mind all the moms around you and how to advocate not just for yourself and your own needs? Yeah. I love that. I absolutely love that. I'm curious. You guys shared some really great takeaways on the show, like what you just said. Also, you know, coming with a problem and a solution. What are some other just takeaways for our listeners, things that they can be, you know, they've made a decision or they're thinking about being that mom in a situation. What are some other things that they can do before they go in to make sure that this is the right decision and that it's the most effective version of being that mom possible? Well, I think one thing you can do is talk to another mom if you're not sure you're seeing it the right way. And I've definitely been the asker and been the listener in these situations like, is it me or is this teacher, you know, doing this? Like, what would you do in this situation? And if you're not sure if you're, uh, you know, if you're being blinded by (laughs) rage for your preschoolers rights, then talk to somebody about it first. Talk it out. And I think another thing you can do is be careful before you take it up the flagpole. Right. Like if if the preschool teacher is being too insistent, everybody stay on their spot for all 40 minutes of story time. Maybe talk to the teacher about that first. Like don't go right to the, you know, the principal that this is unacceptable. And you know what I mean? Don't don't fire the open letter out. Start start assuming that a more calm, you know, rational conversation might be all that is required. Yeah, that's such a good point. Don't start with the principal when you could fix it with the teacher is Mm -hmm. a really good rule because you never make friends by going above someone's head. Um, Another takeaway that we've come to is have a number of times that you're going to do this. So one that I have, it's very controversial. Not everyone's down with it, but I'm going to share it anyway, is that I offer the rule that you may have three conversations with your in-laws during the entire course of your relationship with them where you try to correct an aspect of their behavior. So like you have to really choose what those three are. And for me, for example, like 
could you stop bringing presents when you come is not going to be one of them because I don't think it's going to change. And so I'm not going to choose that. And I think you can have one major conflict with one of your children's teachers during their educational career. It just helps you frame a little bit. Like, am I the person who every single year is like, here's what you don't understand about my magical child and why you're a bad teacher. It's starting to teach <laughs> me that that might be my problem and not yep. the teacher's mm -hmm. problem. Yep. And I think when you put parameters and numbers around things, listen, you can change them. If you have one big blowout with a teacher and four years later, you have another one, you can be like, yep, this just happened to come up twice for me, but I have three kids. Like it shouldn't be coming up six times. It really right. shouldn't. Something's mm -hmm. not right with me because I'm all for going guns blazing when it's called for. But if you're always doing it, mm, you got to check yourself a little bit. And another thing I would suggest if you struggle with this is practice with your partner or a friend, like practice the conversation beforehand. Like doing some role playing. Role play it yeah. out and be like, okay, but what if they say this and what are they, you know, and really get practice it a little bit because these conversations can be really hard. And yeah. these conversations are difficult and you might hear something you don't want to hear that you really need to hear, right? The teacher might say, well, this is a problem and here's why. And I'm actually glad you came in because I wanted to talk about this actually, right? You might be on the receiving end of some right. uncomfortable truths, which you might need to hear. And so you, you have to be you have to be ready for the conversation to be difficult on both sides. And so you need to be in a, a certain emotional place before you walk in. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. And you're right. If it's happening over and over, maybe you have to look at, oh, the common denominator here might be me, right? So yeah. that's- We never that's like a, to do that. That no, stinks. I don't no, like you. it. I don't like it when I'm it's the problem. You. I like it when other people yeah. are the problem. Yeah. <laughs> me Nobody too. likes to discover, oh, I'm the issue. Like it, It's like I've heard people saying, you know, everyone has that, has that one- weird and annoying relative. And if you don't, you are that weird. <laughs> so, so true. So Kira and I were talking offline about this interview. We we're really looking forward to chatting about this with you. And one of the questions we had was about bullying, because it does seem like, especially based on how much our child chooses to share with us, that is one of those situations where it might not even be clear to us as the parents what's going on or whether it's actually a problem or maybe just an anomaly and it was an isolated incident. So what would you say about how we can walk that line with being that mom uh, when it comes to bullying? I We did a whole episode on bullying and I think we, we had a lot of good conversations about it. I would suggest people listen to it, but there's a lot around bullying that we really need to think about. And one of the big things is what is bullying? A kid not liking your child is not bullying. You know, even a group of kids not liking your child is not bullying. Bullying is a repeated behavior that is targeting an individual over and over again. And I think that we sometimes go right into like anyone who doesn't like my kid is bullying my kid and that we go in guns blazing and it's like, I'm going to take you down 11 year old kid. It's not our role. And so I think it's very important to take a real deep breath when this stuff comes up and start having a conversation. You should absolutely advocate for a kid who is being bullied. I think this is something that schools have gotten a lot better about, but step one, when you're dealing with bullying is take a deep breath and try to get a realistic picture of the situation. Can I give a shout out to Signa Whitson? She has an article. I can send you the uh, link for the show notes if that's useful. Anyway, she talks about bullying and we found this very useful as a framework that there's rude behavior, mean behavior, and bullying behavior. 
and it's another version of what Margaret said, but it's just a really clear framework. Rude is my kid was at the bus stop and this boy threw like autumn leaves at her, you know, and they got on her coat. That's rude. That's not bullying, right? Mean is the kid on Tuesday saying, I don't like you. You're not my friend. And then on Wednesday, they're playing together again. That's mean. That's not bullying. And that bullying is this sort of insistent, consistent, persistent thing, which doesn't mean it never happens, but we can, yeah, we can get a little mama bear about the kid throwing leaves at the bus stop. That's just like, maybe, maybe that's not a nice kid. Maybe you don't want your kid to play with that kid. Maybe your kid's going to wait at a different bus stop, but it's, you see what I'm saying? There, there, there is a range of behavior that we need to look at pretty carefully. Yeah. I mm-hmm. love that. I love that. That framework is really great. And we'd love that link and we can put it in the show notes uh, for you guys, for listeners. And that being said, I just want to be very clear that like I have experienced bullying myself. I have friends who have been extremely damaged by consistent bullying. And it is something that you absolutely can and must advocate with your school about in a very um, aggressive way if need be. Because schools have gotten better about putting frameworks around bullying. They have ways to deal with it. But it is, I I don't mean to say it all like, there's no such thing as bullying. Stop talking about it. I just want to be very clear that Mm, like mm -hmm. step one, really assess if that's going on. But step two, if that is going on, absolutely be that mom and get to the bottom of it. Yeah, because there's two different opportunities here, you know, from the perspective that we come from of raising adults and what are what tools are we giving our kids to be the adults in the world? If you've got a kid who's dealing with rude or mean behavior as a parent, that's our opportunity to teach them coping skills and critical thinking yes. skills and, you know, how do you pick your relationships well? But if they're being bullied, that's our opportunity to teach them how do you actually draw a line in the sand, ask for help when you need it, and and put down a foot that's not acceptable mm-hmm. and and show our children that, hey, when when you need me to do that, I got you. I got you. That's your back. very, very well said. That's the distinction right there. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us today. How can people find you, find your show, connect with you if they want more of the two of you and all of your joy? I just love talking with you guys. You're so great. <laughs> you. Well, our podcast is called What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. And if you, you know, search What Fresh Hell on any podcast platform, you can find it. And you can also find us on our website whatfreshhealthpodcast.com and we're on all the socials at whatfreshhealthcast. And I would I would point people especially our Facebook group is at whatfreshhealthcast on Facebook and we have a community there where we have moms who listen to our show and are talking to each other giving people advice. It's such a warm welcoming mom community. If you're if that's something you're interested in, I would find us on Facebook. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Amy and Margaret, for being with us today and just sharing kind of your expertise and experience around this issue and just having a fun double date. That part's fun, too. (laughs) Always fun, especially, you know, as we come out of all the COVID stuff. It's like, oh, talking to humans. Yes. Real people. (laughs) Well, thanks again. We're so happy that you could join us today. Thanks so much for having us. Oh, I love that conversation, Dina. That was that an was excellent amazing. double date. I would yeah. go out with them again. It was. <laughs> we want a second date. All a right. Date. Yes, That's definitely. a good sign. Well, listeners, we hope that you found that helpful. I, I did. It was really nice to actually flesh out that earlier conversation we had because I feel like this was a whole other 
just yes. aspect of that, um, yeah. particularly the bullying piece, because that's something that we've been wanting to talk about too. So I'm really glad that uh, we were able to cover yeah, that and today. It, was, it just feels like a little deeper dive into the advocacy and also from the perspective of, of a parent. What, what are the things we should be asking ourselves? How yes. do we even decide when to advocate? Once we decide we need to intervene, what do we need to do? I mean, that that I think it just took it kind of to that next level. Yeah, especially for me, because I'm such a mama bear. I needed to hear some of these things like, oh, yeah, I should probably do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's good. So listeners, we hope that you enjoyed that conversation as much as we did. Do check out What Fresh Hell, Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Their show is so fantastic. And we're just so honored that they joined us today. And we will be back with you next week with another great episode. Always, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Future Focused Parenting and our website, futurefocusedparenting.com. Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded partially in my laundry room and partially in Dina's coat closet. Music by Seattle band Hannah Lee. Editing by the amazing Allison Preisinger. Thanks for listening.